It's a horse loose in a hospital. You have to pay attention. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast where every once in a while, Matt and I, we just got to do it a second time. I didn't know we were going to reveal that. I thought we were going to say, this is the first time we've ever talked about this. Uh, we've never even talked about... I'm not going to give it away yet. What are we talking about for the first time tonight, Andy? <laughs> you could have given it away right there. It'd be exactly the same time you asked me to say it. No different. Yeah, it's true, but I don't do that. I'm supposed to not know about this stuff. This is like a trick. And sometimes you know. Sometimes you know. Rarely. <laughs> you sound like uh, like you think knowing is a burden. Like you, you really like to not know, if at all possible. Well, I feel like that's the, that's the thing of the show. It'd be like uh, finding out that wrestling is fake or something. Yeah, I'm not sure it matters. Kind of like the wrestling thing. No? We're talking about Kanye West, Matt. Oh, okay. And we already tried to talk about Kanye West once. Yeah, but some stuff happened. Well, yeah, yeah so some things... So, I mean... Yeah, this is this is kind of like talking about politics in that we need to to ta- date stamp this with when this conversation is happening because especially because we're way ahead in our recording schedule. So that's I, true. When I don't you think, think a thousand episodes and you release them two months later, Kanye's going to say something between now and then. Well, more importantly, mm. his album or albums are going to come out before this episode comes out. And as we mm. sit here on Tuesday, May eighth, twenty eighteen, the year of our Lord, seven eleven p.m. Eastern time, uh, we have not heard Kanye's new album. And the sort of latest thing that we're dealing with is the fallout from Kanye endorsing Donald Trump implicitly, kind of. Uh, I mean, definitely endorsing him, but not endorsing any specific policies because he seems to be unaware of any of the actual policies. Just endorsing the idea that a person that many people perceive as out of their mind could become president, which is something that is connected strongly with him. Uh, And most recently, I think the kind of thing that was in the headlines... Uh, was that he was on TMZ and may have said that slavery was a choice. May have? Well, I think he did. He did say that slavery, slavery seemed like it was a choice, I believe were his words. For- slavery is a choice. The other one, not so much. Slavery. Yeah, I believe, he, I believe his exact words were 400 years. I don't know, man. That seems like a choice or something like that. Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. So, and that that happened after we recorded our last episode. And also, Matt, transparently, I think we can do better because this is a topic that is on the short list of topics that is like very, very meaningful to me. And I would not like to muck up the episode for Kanye West if this is going to stand as some kind of monument to at least how I feel right now in uh, you know in May 2018. Uh, I would like it to at least be a faithful representation of that complex buffet of feelings. I think that's fair. I'm I'm ready to record a good one. <laughs> I'm glad. Let's make it <laughs> let's make it a good one then. Let's not say all those bad things. Yeah. Well, I mean, at first I think it's important to start off with a disclaimer. I mean, this is a show where we talk about whether something is good or bad and the ideas of like creativity and subjectivity that come along with that. And I think it's important that we kind of say up front very clearly that uh, you know, we can't really judge one way or the other Kanye West the person because at least as far as I know I don't know Kanye and as far as I know you don't know Kanye either right you've never met her shared an intimate friendship with Kanye West I, I probably would have told you by now it would be a great surprise if I told you right now that not be, yet Andy. that would be amazing <laughs> so I mean given that we are not in his actual head and not part of his life in any meaningful way at all uh, we I mean there's no we we don't even know who the person Kanye West really is, right? All we know is this avatar, this this facade that he portrays to the outside world, the celebrity, the idea of Kanye West. Uh, and that's the thing that I think is worth critical inquiry, is mm-hmm. this character that he portrays, this 
way he moves through the world as a sort of celebrity and, you know, leave it up to the, the listener at home to determine whether or not that's a faithful representation of who this person genuinely is or not. That's not for our for us to talk about, right? Like, for, as far as I'm concerned, we might as well be talking about, like, a fictional character in a movie, right? Uh, yeah. whose Whose actions are entirely captured by what the media lets us know about Kanye West, right? Uh, and I also Fair recognize there's, there's a little bit of, uh, of dehumanizing danger in thinking about people as, you know, strictly characters, but that's the, that's the way we have to kind of, like, separate ourselves, I think, to make this make any sense and not be just purely speculative garbage where we're just judging people, which is not useful or interesting to listen to, I don't think. We'll definitely do some speculating at some point, whether now or future episodes or probably past episodes, but I think that's a fair caveat before you jump into it. Yeah. So, I mean, I I have a lot to say about my relationship with Kanye West's music, but I wanted to give you a chance, Matt, if you wanted to, like, kind of summarize how you relate to Kanye West, how he came into your life, uh, just kind of, like, give me... What, what's the what's the, what's your relationship with Kanye, you know, over time? I feel like my version is just going to be, like, 80% of your experience. Like, I think... I don't think he means as much to me as he does to you, or his music, whatever. But I do feel like it was... Uh, I don't think it's... Un- dissimilar from other people in their late 20s or early 30s he his rise to fame and also his like his journey through creating like college dropout late registration my beautiful dark twisted fantasy aligned pretty perfectly with when i was open to and willing to listen to new music and like that was the way i defined myself so like i feel like uh, you know teenage years early 20s pretty common to define yourself by the music you listen to i certainly did that and so him being one of my favorite artists at the time kind of meant like listening to Kanye West is kind of, you know, in a certain way who I am, you know? Yeah. That was an important part of the puzzle. I listened to hardcore music and I listened to Kanye West and rap music like that. That was an important part of who I was. And then as time went on and you realized you could kind of evolve with Kanye, it became another important, just like an important artist that, that came with you, not like. Uh, a nostalgia act that you leave behind and think fondly of, but realize it was cheesy. Uh, you know, a thing you can grow up with, which I think is another important thing, um, especially kind of like absorbing art through your teenage years, through your 20s uh, and beyond. Yeah. It's actually funny for me. I nev- I've never really thought of myself in the way you described so many like teenagers kind of finding definition of their identity in music like, mm-hmm. I, I specifically remember when I was in elementary school, you know, at some point, people get to the age where, like, they buy CDs, right? And that, that was at probably, like, third, fourth, fifth grade for, like, my peers. And it started to become, like, definitely a, like, cultural signifier of, like, whether you... If the cool kids were listening to, like, The Offspring and, like, Sum 41 and, uh, you know, uh, it's hard for me to remember these bands because I was not actually involved in this, but right. I remember on the school bus, though, people would talk about, you know, the oh, yeah, Beastie Boys, too, were another, another one that was like, if you were cool, you listen to the Beastie Boys, uh, mm-hmm. especially if it was, you know, an album that had swears or your parents would find objectionable. Uh, this was like an early identifier for people in like my grade school situation. But I, I have a very distinct memory of like being kind of embarrassed and completely out of the loop on. Like, people would talk about bands, and I just had no clue. I was not listening to the radio. I was not seeking out music in any way. Like, my childhood was, like, kind of marked just by, like, 
what you might describe like as more wholesome stuff. Like I was going outside and playing a bunch. I was playing a <laughs> ton with Legos. I was always making things and building things. And uh, like music never really was a part of my identity in that part of my life. Uh, and then it did become a part of my identity in middle school and high school. Uh, but it was not rap music. It was like jam band music. Specifically, I, I was a moderator of a Dave Matthews band forum. So that was mm-hmm. a uh, that was also an early chapter of my internet life. Was I feel like I feel like that's where it's important though. Like I didn't, I also like I didn't have the same experience as you in elementary school or whatever. But um, I think that's like that's where you find your bearings, and it's not it's not quite the same level of identity, or at least like you're finding an identity in something that is kind of shallow. But I think once you get into high school, then things start to stick with you. It actually does a little bit start to define who you become. Like that that's when it became important to me. Well, so but um, that's the thing though, is even in this phase where I was deeply invested in music to some degree, right? Like I was playing guitar a ton. I was spending a lot of time on this stupid forum uh where I eventually became a moderator and making all these dumb posts and stuff uh, and like making friends there and making music there. Uh, like still, there was still this like barrier. Like there were some people that clearly like this was their culture, right? They were talking about the correct flip flops for a Dave Matthews band fan to wear. And they were talking about, you know, the, all the sort of like other things that you become when you start to like mark yourself by the music you listen to. And I had a lot of friends that did this too, right? That were into, uh, Christian music or were into, uh, some form of punk though, not real punk, like, you know, pop punk or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. that were, that, that dictated how they dress and dictated like who their friends were. And th- it was never that for me at all. Like, I honestly think that the reason I got very into the Dave Matthews band and other music in that genre was largely because I picked up the guitar and became very enamored with the instrument. And this was like one of the easiest avenues into like becoming better at playing that instrument. I never took lessons. I was not interested in being taught how to actually play because I was an arrogant, dumb kid with a very short attention span. But I would sit there for hours and, you know, figure out the things I wanted to figure out and share them online with people. And it just happened to be that the Dave Matthews Band... Uh, honestly had this community around it. Like, I found this forum because I was looking how to play a Dave Matthews Band song, and I think that connecting to those people in this dumb online forum is what made me like the band because it came with all this other stuff. So it's hard for me to describe, but, like, if you, like, superficially looked back on it, you'd say, oh, yes, clearly music was important to this person, but it never felt like a part of my identity the way that other things did. Uh, yeah, which I don't know how to like separate that. But then what, what happened to me is I, towards the end of high school, I started to become a little bit interested in rap music. And uh, I'm embarrassed to say, but I will, I will tell the whole tale. My foray, my like entree into rap was uh, mashups, basically. Like I, I had heard, mm-hmm. like this was, I graduated high school in 2007. So this is, you know, three years post Kanye's first album. So he's been on the radio. I knew Kanye West songs. I liked them well enough, uh, but I basically was like, oh, that music is not my kind of music. It's pop music. It's whatever. Um, and basically, I started listening to some mashups. I got into a couple artists, like The Roots were an early rap band for me uh, that I listened to a little bit in high school, uh, and then like Jurassic 5 and some of these other kind of bands like that uh, that I started listening to a little bit. But it was definitely like a very different door into that music than a lot of people had. And then... I arrived at art school where all of a sudden I was surrounded by people who used culture as identifiers of their own identity. Uh, that's not a 
useful phrase, used culture, <laughs> used culture to express their identity in a way that was so much more in-depth and profound than anything I had ever considered, right? Like I felt like, yeah. I felt like the way that I always felt were like I wasn't really in super in touch with uh, like using music as part of my identity was just like laid bare because all of a sudden everyone I met knew a million times more about all kinds of genres of music and knew a billion bands I never heard of and would talk about all these little intricacies of their things. And it was clear that this just was not something that was actually that interesting to me. And I wasn't really drawn to, um, but Kanye West stands out from all music artists, uh, including the Dave Matthews band as, like one of the artists that was like that one of the only kinds of music I ever felt like I heard some of myself in. Like I heard things that I had felt in my life reflected back at me in the music, which people, people describe this relationship with music. And I just, it was so rare for me, right? I got a little bit of that from Kanye. I got a little bit of that from like the Ben folds five and some of Ben mm-hmm. folds music. Uh, but there's really just very few artists where I felt like I heard in their work, something that was deep inside of me. Uh, and I also like, I get a little embarrassed when we talk about music on the show because I still have this, like, uh, I try to think very deeply about things and I still have this feeling that I actually don't really know that much about music, like compared to other people. And it actually, even though Kanye relative to other artists has had a like somewhat profound effect on me, it's still like minimal compared to the effect other music has had on other people. Uh, like for example, like I'm sure I am not anywhere near the kind of like top 5% of Kanye fans in terms of like how important his music has been to me. Uh, partially because like I'm a white dude from the suburbs. There's no way that a lot of things he's talking about uh, or a lot of things he's feeling can possibly be resonating inside of me. Uh, but mm-hmm. what always did resonate with me so much was that I always felt like his music more than any other music I'd ever heard was about like ambition and about creativity and about wanting to be great and make great things. And that's like one of the best ways I can summarize how I felt as like a young adult was that I felt this like chip on my shoulder where I just wanted to make something great and then like be great as a product of that. And the way in which Kanye talks about that, it's clear that it's not just, you know, the pomp and the pomp and circumstance of like rap music where people are pompous and arrogant because it's stylish to like boast and talk about how great you are. But it was clear that it was something that was like deep inside of this guy is that he felt that he was great and like was going to make great things and should be recognized as such. Uh, and, you know, it's arrogant, but like that's that is what I connected to. I connected so much with this profound desire to like make something great and to like have my voice be heard. Uh, and obviously, that has taken. Well, first of all, it's clear that I am not. I am not a great voice the way that Kanye is a great voice, right? Like he is a profoundly skilled artist that has just been, you know, so productive uh, over the course of his entire career and made amazing things that have impacted lots of people. I'm clearly not that, which is fine. I can recognize that. But the fact that I have tried to make all these podcasts and tried to make all these other things in my life is like me, you know, exercising that muscle and like feeling a similar way. And I'll admit as I've gotten older, which and I, I do I do wonder if this is kind of like just a like a like a mechanism to keep me from feeling bad about myself. But as I've gotten older, I do feel less of that like, you know, drive to like do something great with my life and more just like, oh, if I can just cook dinner every night and <laughs> pet a dog, <laughs> that's really all I need. Uh, but there's still a lot of that kind of latent in me. So his music 
you know, his lyrics connected with me in that way. His like whole vibe, his charisma, the way he like his swagger uh, connected with me in like a very profound way. And then like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't think, I don't think we're equipped to talk about his production, but like suffice it to say that like the way that he sampled old like soul and like Motown records and like turned them into this like new beautiful thing that still had like the roots of where it came from inside of it, but it had like been totally transformed into something totally novel uh, was just, it was very profound for me, right? Like to, to this day, all of the beats off of his first three albums, like they just, when they come on, I can't help but like feel it in my bones. Like it just hits me in a certain way. So, so yeah, I mean that, that's kind of like, and then I became the person basically freshman year of college that, uh, you know, I'm in art school. Everyone else is listening to, various indie bands and like you know hardcore bands and crust punk bands and uh you know black metal bands and there's all kinds of like culture around me and i became what is essentially the normie position uh of defending rap music and specifically pop artists like kanye uh so well i I feel like before we get to that i think we should i think we should note the difference between a kanye and some of the other things that I don't know, maybe you were defending at the time that would be described as like a pop rap artist. Cause I, I came to this through the route of like being in hardcore bands, caring about hardcore metal bands and rap, not being a thing until maybe middle school, right? Like not even having much exposure to it. But I think one of the reasons that, uh, like I had like a mob deep album, I had a Jay Z album. They were interesting to me, but didn't, I didn't relate. The thing that was about Kanye that related that you didn't even say was that he was also coming from the point of view of an outcast. Not just, uh, you know, telling a tough story, right? Like a Jay-Z, I had a, a crazy background. But, like, uh, I am an outcast both, like, socially and mentally. And, like, every, like, even though he's talking about being great and doing something great, it's also, like, uh, I feel like it's a similar mentality as a lot of some subgenres of hardcore and metal and indie where you're not part of the same society. Um, in uh, but but in a different way than a lot of other rappers would describe, right? It's not, it's not purely about. I don't know what am I trying to say, Andy? No, I mean I, I hear you. Like that to me is kind of like wrapped up in the same thing. It's just it's that feeling of like I'm special, I'm different, and people don't get me. Which yeah, I'm sure everybody has some feeling like that. And like my my version of that was very tame, right? Like. I always say to people, and I think it's still my Twitter bio, that when I was in high school, I was like the weird artsy outcast. And then when I got to college, I was like the jock, like the normal jock that was like tasteless and had no no cultural uh, no cultural knowledge or foundation or sort of context and was just like a total a total normie. Because uh, I, think, I think Kanye describing him as, you know, talking about being able to do something great and being capable of great things and doing great things is not super unique. Uh, to him but the combination of those like kind of outcast and like this ambition and grandiosity that the combination of those things is what made it at least made it made it relatable for me yeah made made it important yeah and it's hard to describe like I, I, i guess it comes down to like intent almost like you're right lots and lots of rappers talk about wanting to be great and do great things it's like one of it feels it feels to me like one of the core uh like the core subjects of rap music right which I think it has its roots in a very interesting place, which is like, I want to be successful and make a lot of money such that I can 
break out of this like horrible racist system in this country and not be subject to all of the things that normal people are sub normal people of color are subject to right like i think Mm -hmm. that's where most of that comes from and that's like a very genuine place and i think when you think about it that way even the most crass and shallow rap about wanting to get chains and uh expensive booze uh still takes on a different light right when you look at it in that context it's like right you want signals of wealth you want these like symbols of wealth because that means that you can also get you and your family out of uh horribly messed up system that is like ruining people's lives. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And with him specifically, uh, you know, the way he talked about wanting to be great, uh, it just, his intention was like, I am an out, I'm an outcast and you don't understand me and I want to be great. And it was because he had like something to say, right. Or at least like, right. a it's, way I want to be great to because it's not to say that he's never had a rap that said, I want to, I want to uh, talk about money or talking about, uh, material well, things. He rarely does, he honestly. But I mean, it's come up. But the point, the point is, it seems like the motivation is I want to gr- be great, like kind of like on artistic merits, right? I want to be great, yes. because I have something to say. I want to be great because I believe in that. That is, you know, to create something great is of merit in and of itself. Uh, it's not like for greater means. It's I want to be great because I think there's something in this. Yeah, I always well, want. I want to create art. Yeah, exactly. That seems to be the ongoing theme. It's like where other other rappers want to be Rupert Murdoch or Bill Gates or Donald Trump, you know, who was a famous, who was a a character that popped up regularly in rap music until he started his political career. Uh, Kanye does not want to be that. Kanye compares himself to like famous architects and like filmmakers. Like he just wants to be like in the canon of like great thinkers and great artists of his time. And, And, And for me, I implied a morality to that. I don't know if you did, but I, th- in sure. my mind, there was an implied morality to that kind of greatness or that striving as opposed to uh, striving for like striving to get rich, which is uh, 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 the theme of a lot of other things. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of there's plenty of plenty of music out there where that's the theme and that, uh, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just kind of boring sometimes. Yeah, I don't know if I would say morality for me, but it definitely, it felt like his intentions were like pure, right? Like pure and very authentic. Like you could sense that this is genuinely what this guy really cared about. Like he wasn't trying to like be somebody else. And again, we are only seeing one public part of this person. Maybe he is actually playing a very convincing character over the course of his 20 year career. But, uh, it just, but again, this is the character Kanye we're talking about. Yeah. What he put out, what he put out in the world, I am perceived as genuine, right? So authentic, uh, which was a thing that was very important to me because it's the thing that's important to a lot of people when they're 18. Uh, but Mm -hmm. there's something about that too. And the other thing is like the way in which he is boastful in his songs is very different and I won't call it like humble or self-effacing, but uh, like one of the earliest examples I could think of is Through the Wire, which for those who don't know, he was in a bad car accident and had to have his jaw wired shut because his face was all busted up and rapped a song with his jaw wired shut called Through the Wire. And in the song, you know, he's the whole song is basically him bragging about like, you know, I'm still, I survived this car accident, I'm a survivor, and now I'm making a song, even though I have this huge disadvantage, right? Like, I'm the victim, I've got this horrible, like, face wired shut, uh, and I'm still gonna make a great song because because I'm great. Uh, and But the way he boasts, right, is he, like, he talks about, like, drinking liquid meals, like, I had a boost for breakfast and an ensure for dessert, like, he's talking about mm-hmm. these things that, like, should be kind of embarrassing, and they're, like, he's not... 
he's not macho in the traditional sense. And there's so much uh, like machismo and and like masculinity in rap music. And his is never quite the same. It's always this like different take on it, which to me always felt much more real uh, than any other rap music, which there was always a wall between me and truly any other rapper. Uh, like, like now, like I, I, there's other rappers I connect with in different ways. Like I really love Kendrick. I really love uh, Tyler, the creator. I really love Chance, the rapper. Uh, but all those relationships are very different, right? Like yeah. I like Kendrick because I think he's like just an insanely talented uh, like rapper and producer. And I actually feel like I get like a, almost a cultural education. Uh, and I don't want to like play that up too much because I know it's music and it's not an education. And it shouldn't be perceived as such, but the way he describes what his life feels like and what it felt like to grow up where he grew up, uh, it gives me more of an understanding of what it might've been like to be in those shoes. Uh, and like the way he portrays these like worlds and like world builds and like tells stories is very, very compelling. But like, I don't see myself in Kendrick Lamar at all. Like, 0%. Like, he's this other fully formed, like, near-perfect thing that I, like, love to enjoy and bask in the light of, but I don't see myself in that at all. Uh, and, like, same goes for Tyler, right? I look at Tyler, and I'm, like, I'm basically looking at this, like, person who is so steeped in what I perceive as, like, the culture of connectivity of, like, the internet and who grew up basically making like dumb stuff with his friends because he could and just because he happened to be talented and the internet was around became this like celebrity uh and making the certain type of music he was making and was basically like just trying to upset people because it was funny to him uh and his like career is kind of as interesting like he too i i actually he's a little different because he also has these ambitions to like he wants to score movies and doesn't want to be considered a rapper when he gets to the end of his career he also has kind of like these big ambitions which i'm sure are somewhat uh, inspired by, or at least rooted in the same things that drive that drive Kanye. But like, all these people are different. And Kanye was the first rapper I connected with substantially, and the one who still I still hear things that I feel in his music, which is just not true of almost anybody else. And it almost always comes down to this kind of stuff, right? Uh, you know, other lyrics like the talking about you know staying in his room and making beats all summer and how because he did that all that hard work he now deserves to get a fancy car like you know <laughs> like those kinds of things were and i think it's you never can tell with him how much of it is like self-aware like i think the line the kid that did that deserves that Maybach is kind of a joke it's kind of tongue-in-cheek like he knows that making something doesn't mean you deserve a Maybach, but he's saying like he believes so much in what he put out that he thinks his contribution to the world is like worthy of a subsequent expensive car coming back to him. <laughs> like he's basically him valuing his work that he's put out there uh, and like putting it in some kind of like terms you can understand. And that's, that line to me is so different from like someone rapping about wanting to get rich so they can buy a fancy car, right? He's saying, I did this work. I made this thing that is valuable to the world now I deserve a fancy car. Not, not I'm going to get so rich I can buy one, but like that I deserve it. Uh, which you know, obviously entitlement problems, and it's not a, it's not a perfect lyric, but <laughs> it's kind of like those are the things that I connect with. Where it's his perspective is just ever so slightly different, and it's like different in a way that just clicks into my brain uh, that I've really kind of connected strongly with it. Uh, so yeah, and then and then I spent <laughs> my entire college career basically. Uh, more or less defending Kanye to people who either felt like his music was crass and dumb uh, or felt like he was just another, you know, chauvinist, sexist, materialist rapper uh, that had no more substance to him 
uh, or felt like, you know, whatever. Insert criticism of Kanye here, of which there are a billion of them. Uh, and I find myself always being the person to kind of explain explain the substance that, that lies under the sort of brooding surface of Kanye West. Uh, and my, like, relationship with him now, as I've turned into more of an adult, and Kanye has turned into less of an adult in some ways, <laughs> is uh, it, it's getting more... It's getting more troubling for me uh but i i think we share that right we were, we were both the people that were defending kanye west mostly most of our college lives right yeah i don't think i don't think i probably spent as much time as you did but i think uh whether whether actually doing it at a party or just being there in spirit and being like i'm on kanye's team for this one i think that that carried through until maybe a year ago, two years ago, whenever the whenever the uh, Amber Rose stuff and the Bill Cosby tweets and all this stuff, where you're like, "Well, the Amber Rose stuff is like a decade ago, my dude." <laughs> is it? Well, yeah, he's he's been with Kim now for like five years. They have t- two kids. No, no, no. The one when he when he went after her on Twitter, like in that. In a, oh, in a sure, sure, sure. Rant. Right, right, right. Because she said that. I don't he mean liked the da- his, I don't mean the dating. I mean the uh, the shaming. Well, there there was a lot of shaming too. Went back when they broke up, and he said some pretty pretty bad things. Uh, but yeah, I, I specifically remember that. Uh, I think she implied that he liked his butt touched, and that, that's the that's the one I'm referring. And to. that really <laughs> set him off, and he got yeah. very defensive in exactly the toxic masculine way that I just described. He oftentimes does not exhibit. So there's a yeah. point counterpoint for you. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, he's done things throughout the years that I could defend to different degrees, right? And so like things I could put in the will solidly defend camp, right? Like the earliest, one of the earliest snafus of his like public persona was the George Bush doesn't care about black people on the telethon for uh, Hurricane Katrina, which oh, yeah. I will defend, I was, I I will defend very, forever. I thought it was great and honest and funny, all the things together. Well, I, actually, I rewatched that clip uh, because I hadn't seen it in years and we were getting ready to talk about it. And I didn't realize, I, the clip I watched was like two minutes. It was like two minutes leading up to when he says that. And it's very clear in this entire two minutes that uh, Mike Myers, who's next to him, is just following whatever's on the teleprompter and saying, uh-huh. you know, telethon things about Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. And yeah. then you can tell there's a second teleprompter that's pointed at Kanye West. And they go over to him and he does not follow it at all. Uh, and he says leading up to it, like all kinds of things about how, you know, he is feels terrible about everything and he you know went shopping and bought a bunch of nice stuff before he donated and so he called his business manager he's got his business manager doing as much as he can possibly afford and how soldiers were given orders to go down there and just shoot people and like saying all kinds of other wild stuff uh, but none of it is the perfect you know viral clip of mike myers after his next <laughs> bit cutting over to him and kanye just saying <laughs> in perfect clear like Annunciation: George Bush does not care about black people, and then the look on Mike Myers's <laughs> face, who does not know what to do in this situation. Uh, this, to me, like I don't know. This this is the perfect example of like exactly what I love about this guy, right? Like he, like it's totally true, 100, 100 billion percent true, right? Like George Bush, the president, didn't care about black people, and the system that George Bush was a part of was demonstrating in its poor response to this disaster and the way it handled the press coverage and the sort of support efforts that it did not care about these disenfranchised communities. And the fact that a black man, a young black man going on television and saying that caused such an uproar is kind of wild when you think about it, right? Because it's just it's just true. And the fact that yeah. he said a true thing and everyone was like, you're not allowed to say true things. What are you doing? This is like totally, totally, you know, beyond the pale. You're not allowed to just, you know, say things like this on television uh, is a perfect example of like why the idea of Kanye West is something I'm so 
willing to defend because I'm so in favor of saying the thing that no one is saying that is totally true because it's like a hard truth that a lot of people don't want to face. Uh, and I, I'm not under any illusions that like him saying that changed hearts and minds or got people to think differently about systematic racism. But like, I'm so glad he said it, right? I'm so glad he said that thing. There are other ones that are not as profound or like aimed in a specific direction, but some that are just, there's plenty of things that to me were just like, this is entertainment and this is fun. And I don't understand why people are so upset. Like a walking up on stage and snagging the uh, award out of Taylor Swift's hand. Yeah, that's actually the one. Because honestly, the people I was talking to in art school, no one was criticizing Kanye for the Katrina comment, right? Because anyone that's part of like, progressive informed society understands that he just said a true thing and everyone freaked out because you know sensibilities right and it's actually funny if that happened now i feel like no one would care at all right because Mm -hmm. we live in this like post-trump world where the people there's no more like public decency which i which is actually probably a good thing like i'm glad there's not public decency i'm glad people can just just say the dumb racist thing, and now we can point out and say that's dumb and racist, and hopefully people can, can like it's catch true. on as Trump, opposed to Trump it all doesn't being secret. Say, right. Like it's not it's not different than Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan just did it with his hair combed, and you go, Oh, well then uh, you know, he must not be racist. And you're like, no, but he's staying racist stuff. And you're like, eh, he said it in a, he said it in a certain way. Trump just says the racist thing in a racist way. It's the same thing. But it is it is kind of hard to like it's kind of hard to imagine like him saying that now on a telethon would be like any more than like a couple headlines on like some TMZ style blogs. Like it would not right. be a huge controversy, but my memory of it is at the time it was a huge controversy. It was like, you know, the sky was falling basically. Yeah. But the, the Taylor thing, that is one that I have had many spirited discussions about with, with people in my life. And I, I think the, the line comes down to two things. I think you are likely to think that Kanye's, barging in on Taylor Swift's acceptance speech for video of the year in 2009 or whenever that was, 2011, whenever that happened to be, uh, when she beat out Beyonce's single ladies videos, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. If you think that's horribly offensive, you probably either, one, think that like award shows are very serious stuff. And I, I'm not saying this as a criticism. I think like if you if you perceive these award shows as like very important, like cultural moments then you're much more likely to see this infringing on the social contract of an award show as something that is like heinous uh and i think the second one is more likely if you have spent most of your life thinking about the issues that women face uh, as opposed to the issues that people of color face or other disenfranchised communities face then i think you're also more likely to be profoundly offended by his interrupting of taylor swift because let's be honest it was very rude it was extremely rude (laughs) (laughs) like there is no doubt that it was extremely rude, uh, and especially, I, I think this might have been the first, or was, was this, this was the Grammys, right, I think? No, I think it wasn't this uh, MTV Video Awards? Oh, was it? I don't know what it was. It doesn't really matter, obviously. It was an award show, of some, some sort of a music award show. But this was very early in Taylor Swift's career, right? This is the first time maybe she received a major award or something, uh, is at least my, my read of it. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of people that feel like this was a beautiful moment or what should have been a beautiful moment in this young woman's life uh, that this person that Kanye West just like without asking, without thinking like kind of stole, he just stole the entire moment uh, and took Mm -hmm. it from her and made it about him and about whatever he thought uh, in a way that it was like rude. And that is true. He did do that thing and it was rude. Uh, And I will not say it's not rude. I'm never going to defend it as not a rude thing. What I will say is that I think a lot of people 
look at it and see it as something far worse than rude. Uh, and the reality is that men are pretty bad, and they're rude to women in a lot of society a lot of the time. And that does not forgive it. He should not have been rude. Uh, but I think the image of like an older black man like running the stage and seizing the the podium from some young helpless white woman uh, is something that people react to in a very visceral, very racist way, where they're like, "This cannot stand!" Right? Like, mm-hmm. if if it had been like uh, I can't think of a white music artist, right? If it had been Dave Matthews that stormed on that stage and uh, said that Fish had the best video of the year, but he's going to let Taylor finish. Uh, I really don't think it would be remembered as such a horrific moment in this in the PR of this person's life. Uh, and I think that is the one thing I'll, I'll always point out to people is like, I think you have to be conscious of the fact that the strong reaction, str- stronger than this is rude to a young woman who does not deserve this rude thing to be visited upon her. If your reaction is any stronger than that, I think it involves some, you should take some serious time to examine how much of like, you know, subtle racism is like seated inside of you because I think that's where a lot of the kind of the very visceral reactions come from. Uh, and also yeah. like the feeling of this guy's a thug and he, you know, probably doesn't even deserve to be at this thing anyway, right? Like he only got invited because he's some, some rich celebrity, but you know, he's not like a true artist and he doesn't really belong here. And you know, here he is, you know, storming the stage and uh, he's drunk. And I think he was super drunk that night, which is also not, uh, not really a check in his column. Uh, but the other thing you have to say about that night is he was totally right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was rude, and he was totally right. And here is the other thing I'll say about it is that he was right, and he was right in a way that was not just this piece of art is better than that other piece of art, but he was right in the way that I think the fact that Taylor Swift won that award over Beyonce is a, is a race issue. I think that uh, there are powers at play that seek to find good white artists and give them the awards and raise them up and celebrate them over better black artists because culturally that's where we're at in America and that's what we want to do. And his response to that situation was to immediately, I, I perceive, be incensed by the the unfairness that a, a more talented, a more uh, culturally meaningful, a more profound black artist was being overlooked for this award, which, I mean, I also don't feel like awards are all that all important. But in, in that situation, the award really is kind of a blessing from the powers that be to say that, like, you are accepted and, and welcomed into the sort of uh, the canon of, of great artists. And I, I that was what he was responding to. And, and that is clearly the issue that is important to him. Like, Kanye is not an activist for women's rights. And that is not to say that he is forgiven for being rude to, to Taylor Swift. Uh, but it is to say that like that's not the thing you should expect of him uh, because that's not what he cares about. Uh, he does or has historically cared about the rights of people of color, so and specifically black people. So that is, I think, where he was responding to and why I think uh, that is a thing that I can forgive him for, right? Uh, and well, the the other thing I I I can't you know ignore is that like there's plenty of times where I'm not sure if Kanye is serious or if he's like. You know, just as like as a fan of an you know Andy Kaufman or that kind of thing, like how often is Kanye doing something because he's looking for reaction? He sees it as entertaining to mess with the crowd or mess with his audience or whatever. Like in the context of this is a show, this is like a a thing for entertainment, and here's a thing I can do that will get attention, 
that will rile everybody up. Will be a very entertaining moment. It'll be something that people talk about. Um, in the context of that, where it's like just look at it as a reality show, and you just added a storyline, <laughs> I can't help but think like, is that is that part of it too? And plenty I mean, of other things he's done. Is that part of it for him? I mean, we'll never I, know, but I truly don't think it factors into his thinking at all. I do not think he thinks about that and is trying to make headlines. Uh, like, like Tyler the Creator. I don't know. Tyler the Creator does right. Like Tyler the Creator yeah. is doing goofy stuff because he thinks it's going to be a funny headline if it says Tyler the Creator, you know, covered a golf cart in raw pork and drove it through the lion's den at the, you know, at the zoo. Like that's the kind of thing that Tyler thinks about because he's a goofball and like his character is a goofball. I but we're also we're don't... also now in the world of Kanye releasing Scoop Diddy Whoop, and uh, well, so that's the other reason why we had like to record this a second time because I thought your reaction to to lift you up or lift me up, whatever it's called, uh, the song he teased or released uh, a couple weeks ago, where it's just a classic Kanye beat where he's like taking an old soul record and remix it and cut it up. And then it gets a little clubby in the middle, which is not to my taste, but whatever. And then it's a verse at the end where it's basically nonsense. He just, go, he just goes shoop de whoop de poop over and over again. Um, I, here's, here's the thing. I don't think that is a joke. I think that is a self-aware like representation of kind of like the most quintessential Kanye West song, right? Because here's the thing. I've talked about how his lyrics are sometimes meaningful to me. And it's not actually his lyrics. Like, I think his writing is more clever than anything. And I actually, I do really like the humor he puts in his, in his music. And uh, I find that to be something that is very, uh, I can connect with that as well. But truly, it's just his, like, his swagger that I'm connecting to, right? The actual words, when you look at them and like, scrutinize them, you're like, this is actually not actually that deep. But the kind of way he carries himself and the way he kind of projects his values are the thing I'm, I'm responding to. Uh, because I think... Really, if you like take Kanye's music and break it down to its like component parts, like classic Kanye, let's look at first couple albums, Kanye, you know, that old Kanye, chop up the soul Kanye, that Kanye is profoundly inventive and talented production that is like creative, it is novel, it is kind of like groundbreaking, uh, that is doing new work and is like incredibly proficient. It is beautiful, amazing production. Uh, and then it is like, He's a talented rapper mostly because he's, again, has that kind of swagger. Like, his the way he carries himself on a track is very pronounced and has a very specific mm -hmm. particular style. And then it's kind of like he is goofing around in the words. The words are kind of meaningless. and uh, Or at least they're not meaningless, but they're, they are there as, like, a provocation. Uh, and the other example I can think about is uh, off of Life of Pablo, where he has, uh, I'm so bad at, song titles this is another reason like i'm gonna i'm outing myself as a as a fake a fake fan because i'm so bad at song titles uh it's like the second song album the one with the drop father stretch my hands part one the one that comes with a great drop meme that one. it's got a it's got a great drop me and the production of that song is amazing it is so 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 good and then the lyrics are about how he you know has sex with a model and then gets bleach from her butthole on his like shirt and like it's the lyrics are they're profoundly dumb uh and it but it's in a way that like him putting these profoundly dumb lyrics in this otherwise beautiful like amazing song is a statement in and of itself right and so i feel like if, sure. you, if you take that uh track and you like follow it to its like logical conclusion if you extrapolate it you get scoopy poop right you, you get you get this beautiful you... song that's produced and then it's just nonsense because because the words never really mattered in some ways to some people 
I get. I, I and can't I should tell say if we're too, agreeing I, with each other. Like, are we? Because I, I'm saying that. Uh, well, but I don't think he is, thinks it's a joke. I think I think he's aware of this, but he also. I don't think, well, there's a difference between a joke and like messing with your audience, trolling your audience, giving it, thinking that they're expecting one thing and giving them something that kind of disappoints. Like, I think that's what he's doing. Mm, I, here's the thing: I don't get the sense that he really thinks about his audience. I think he thinks about him, and I think for him, he was like, "I have this great beat. I don't have much to say." I'm going to do this instead because this is like the structure I'm familiar with. And obviously like, we'll never know. Even if he came out and said what he thought we wouldn't, I mean, who knows if he's yeah. lying or whatever. So I just can't given the context of the way he tweeted it out, the Ebro thing, I can't help but think he said, okay, I'm going to put out this beat. It's going to be great. Everyone's looking for my answer for this Trump stuff and all these tweets and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to say literally nothing. They're expecting one thing and I'm going to completely disappoint and give them nothing. Yeah, and I mean the the lead up to it where he like starts boasting about how good this next verse is is like the, is the most perfect part of that song in some ways because he says, you know, this next verse, these bars and then just, you know, nonsense, utter nonsense. Uh so yeah, I mean I I don't yeah, maybe maybe we are agreeing in a way. Uh like I think he is aware that people will perceive this a certain way, but I don't think he cares. And I don't think it's a joke. I think this is his new song, and he likes it and thinks it's good. And he thinks it's good maybe because he thinks that, you know, the nature of discourse currently is that everyone's, like, saying a bunch of stuff and none of it matters, and it's all just words, and the words are these, like, weird abstract ideas that, you know, don't have any actual meaning because only, they only have a meaning we imbue with them. And so if he says shoop-de-poop over and over again, uh, that means something. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I get the sense he hasn't really thought about it that much. He just made it, and he liked it, and he put it out. Uh, well, that's not an inaccurate reflection of his current statements. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not... Uh, I mean, maybe it's time to get into that. But like, We should, because we are 46 minutes. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we haven't... Because <laughs> we... I, I, I know you can defend everything else before this, almost. I'm sure there's... Well, it was there's, a bunch of stuff you can't defend, right? Stuff. Like, you can't defend his treatment Cosby of Amber Rose innocent. ever. You can't, you can't defend Cosby Innocent. You, like, I mean, I can actually maybe start to defend Cosby Innocent just because the whole justice system is set up to totally disenfranchise and, like, be completely unfair to black men. But obviously he's not innocent, so not a nice thing to say. And clearly, I can understand the, the concept of, like, a—well, it, it took me long enough to fig- understand the concept of, of celebrating OJ being not guilty, right? Like, watching the documentary years later and being like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, uh, I have not seen the but, documentary, but I, I think I know what you're talking about. I just mean, I, I can remember growing up and being in one context in which OJ was was guilty. Everybody knew OJ was guilty. And there were people on TV celebrating OJ being uh, not guilty made absolutely no sense to me. I can wrap my head around that now. Yeah. I can not to say that I completely understand it, but I can I can uh, empathize with that or understand the point of view. Yeah. Um. So I could under if that's if that's where you're going with that. I get it. But also like. You know, but no, it's horrible. No, it's, no, it's, it's, that. it's yeah. monstrous, and and honestly, so many of these things do come down to like to come to the defense of Kanye West is somehow implicitly to just ignore the plight of women because, mm-hmm. frankly, he does not have a great a great history with uh, how he treats or thinks about women. Uh, I mean, if you listen to him talk about Kim now, uh, he's a very interesting relationship with her that I think is very genuine, uh, and I think he sees her as this like genius uh and uh has a very kind of generous relationship with her and kind of sees her very much as a creative equal uh but 
that's either here or there. Obviously, dude's got some has said some problematic things in the past with regards to women, and I have all the understanding in the world if you're like you identify as a feminist, that's your like that's the issue you care about most, and therefore Kanye is a monster. I can totally understand that perspective. Uh, I think that while that is true. It is also true that basically every man in every position of power probably thinks or has done similar things, and the difference is that Kanye just says them because he has no filter uh, and is, I think, no more deserving of that criticism, and he is deserving of the criticism, than every other system in the world that is continually disenfranchising women. Uh, So, like, yes, all feminist criticism of Kanye is completely valid, uh, 100,000%, obviously, um, but I don't think that kind of writes off his entire I don't think obviously I don't think it writes off his creative work I mean we've talked in the show about you know what's it mean when a bad person makes a good art is how do we kind of parse that Uh, but I also don't think that it like invalidates any of his other perspectives on things just because he said some problematic stuff in the past about certain subjects but that does bring us to today Matt because uh boy woof uh, my relationship with Kanye has definitely changed pretty substantially with the latest uh, endorsement of Trump. And again, I say endorsement of Trump in the sense that Kanye seems to think Trump is cool and he's glad that he won because it proves that anything can happen in America and mm-hmm. he is completely and totally oblivious to all of the horrible legislation that Trump has proposed, uh, all of the people that he has uh, appointed to positions of power that have terrible positions with regards to all things about disenfranchised communities. Uh, And also, like, I have to assume that Kanye is just kind of ignorant to the racist past of Trump and his housing policies and his relationship with the Central Park Five and, like, all these things that you would have to assume if presented with it, Kanye would be like, well, nobody's perfect, so... You know, I guess I'll just keep keep going, even though he made that one mistake or those two mistakes or three mistakes or whatever. But yeah. I don't know, man. Something's changed inside of me. Like, how, how are you feeling in this in this post Kanye likes Trump world? So after watching all the interviews and like, there there at this point, I've watched at least ten people ask him point blank, like, "What's the deal with this Trump thing?" And he has answers. They're not satisfying, but he has answers. Usually, his answer is, "I don't have all the answers a celebrity is supposed to have." Usually. The way I've been able to sum it up is, have, have you watched that John Mulaney special yet? Or have you seen have. John Mulaney do stand-up recently? I okay. have watched his special. There's a joke in the latest John Mulaney special, and it was also on Stephen Colbert a while ago, about uh, Trump being in office is kind of like there's a horse loose in a hospital. And it go- goes from there, but you can imagine that, right? It's and also, a very good analogy. Look it up. It's a great joke. It, 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 the, be- the thing that's really great about the joke is how he describes how he relates to it, right? Uh, yeah. Like, people are like, he's like, people tell me that, uh, why weren't you critical of the other guy? We did this thing. And he was like, I don't know, because the other guy seemed competent, and I liked him, so I didn't pay attention, because why <laughs> would I? Like, but this person is, is clearly not competent. It's a horse loose in a hospital. You have to pay attention. <laughs> like, you're forced to. And so the way I've had the way I've been able to wrap my head around it with Kanye is it's almost as if Kanye is saying, I can't believe it's amazing. I love that a horse is president. That means I can be president. Yeah. And that he has been pretty clear about. Right. Like he said in his long interview with Charlemagne uh, that 
he saw it as kind of a validation because he had said, I mean, this is another thing that came up recently. Like he had said, what, like three years ago that he was going for president in 2020? Like yeah. just when it was late enough that there was no feasible way he could have possibly mounted a campaign for, uh, for the election in 2016, uh, mm-hmm. he announced that he would be running in 2020. Uh, so that is a thing he said. And then this buffoon, this like, celebrity with no political experience with no qualifications with views that people are constantly saying are problematic with lots of people that profoundly hate him and lots of people that profoundly love him like this like yin 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 and yang this yin to to kanye west yang like all of a sudden becomes president and it like proves that him saying he was gonna run for president in 2020 was not a joke and he could do it if he wanted to he could become president uh in in America in, you know, in four years, because this person is equally as much of an outsider, equally as maligned, and still managed to pull it off. Uh, which, yeah. there's something very, very, like, impactful for that about me. And it's, it's the thing that's kind of wild to me is that it wasn't Obama that convinced Kanye that he could maybe be president. It was Trump, uh, which, and something else he talks about in the Charlemagne interview, which is something I was kind of unaware of, is really how much Kanye's feelings were hurt when that clip leaked. This is after the Taylor thing, I believe, uh, where there's a clip leaked of President Obama calling Kanye a jackass uh, before some TV interview uh, when he thought the cameras weren't running. And the fact that that was kind of released was an embarrassment for Kanye to have like the most powerful black man in the country uh, call him a jackass. And he was like profoundly embarrassed by it and had his feelings hurt. Uh, and I really wonder how much of like, that alone that like trivial like gossipy like shouldn't matter thing made him feel like he was not like obama obama's not like him obama's not one of his friends not an ally and then someone like trump i mean trump's will tell tell you whatever you want to hear to your face to make you feel like uh you know you're loved and cool like he'll just you know glad hand you all day and so i can imagine a meeting with Donald Trump and Kanye West, where Donald Trump says, you know, you're a genius, you're brilliant, your music's very good, the blacks love it, uh, and Kanye is just, like, eating it up. So, I, I don't know. It was a very interesting moment in the interview for me where it was clear from his face and from his the way he talked that, like, he really had his feelings hurt by Obama, like, the way that, like, a yeah. child has their feelings hurt when you take their popsicle. Like, it was really intense. But that's what the interview, that every interview I've watched, and the Charlemagne one is... I mean, it's just the longest, right? It's like an hour and a half of him talking about not just this, but everything related to it. Uh, it's all about feelings. The he's a very sensitive do- guy, and th- that's poli- I think what policy I'm- doesn't come up. It's not about it. If for him, it's not about who Trump is. Like again, the reason I like the horse analogy is like it could have been a horse. It kind of doesn't matter. Like Trump is not e- Trump to him seems to be not even a person. He's just a symbol. He was at some point he was a symbol of rich, uh, like the. Like, actually, this is another good John Mulaney joke is, uh, you know, Trump is uh, a homeless guy's idea of what a rich person is like. Um, yeah. And I think I mean, that's what Trump was in rap music 10 years ago or 20 years ago, even. Um, he was just a symbol of, like, absurd wealth. Ostentatious wealth. New, new money. Yeah. Ridiculous, ridiculous money. It is important that it was new money, too, right? Like, yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah, it's not it's not old wealth. It's the like it's not the prince of I, England I just, or whatever. Yeah, 
uh, which I mean, I think it, it is important because that is a that becomes a relatable thing, right? Yeah, that's um, attainable. But it has, thing. which is funny because he didn't inherit all of his money from his dad, but his dad did make all that money, as I understand. Basically, it was like a very, uh, true, but also that's not the story he tells. So like, right? So again, if, 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 going you, back if, to if you the buy character the character of Trump, buy the line. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's just, it's the same thing. It's just like we've shaved off everything that makes him a human being, and we're just looking at purely the symbol. Like if you want to if you want to focus on the story that Trump puts out there, then like sure, you could perceive it that way. I think the hard part is I I uh it's hard to go from being a kid and seeing Kanye as a human being that is genuine and has his eyes wide open uh and relating to that and then getting to now and being like are your eyes completely closed? Like what how do you not see the things that I see when you're the guy that I thought was sh- at some point might have been showing me the way? Um, yeah, and I'm not sure I ever felt that he was, like, showing me the way. Like, I, I never had... There are definitely... Like, Kendrick Lamar is an example of somebody who I consider to be, like, a politically engaged, like, eyes wide open, like, musical artist, right? Uh, yeah, like, I, I, and I don't... And he's not he's not that. But there is... The thing I said about being genuine and uh, feeling like he had some sort of moral compass because he was creating to create. I mean, for me, that felt like um, something to look up to. Uh, as opposed to uh, absorb it, but absorbing it in a way that is like, eh, it's just music, whatever, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I think there's, I don't think, it, I don't think it was, I can't rewrite my own life and be like, oh, well, he was never all that. Uh, I never saw him as genuine or moral. I did. And th- this just changes that. Well, the, the thing that gets me is that like, it makes me feel like, George Bush doesn't care about black people and Beyonce deserved to win this award and these other, and you know, if you go through his catalog, like he raps about like oppression and systematic racism and not as intellectually as other artists, but he like addresses things in a way that he seems to like acknowledge they are issues. Uh, And now it's, you know, what it comes down to is I really just think, I think he's like the most selfish person uh, and I, I'm, tr- I'm trying, I try to say that without like judgment because I don't know that like, it, I, I think selfish is, does not always mean like ungenerous. I think people think of selfish as like, oh, somebody that, you know, only cares about themselves and like, won't do anything nice for other people or whatever. And, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think that he kind of fits the definition of selfish in like a more deep way where it's like Kanye only really thinks about the world from Kanye's perspective. I don't know really to what degree i'm not convinced by anything he's done publicly that he is really capable of putting himself in someone else's shoes and so now he finds himself in the position of being like a incredibly rich successful famous music artist who's been a celebrity now for two decades who is completely disconnected from like the actual problem with race in this country like he deals with racism in like superficial ways like there's that famous account of him not being allowed in that fashion show that he was supposed to be allowed into because people didn't feel like he belonged even though he was powerful and rich or whatever he because he didn't fit with that kind of crowd they wouldn't let him into whatever that fashion show was and i'm sure i'm i'm sure he has also faced at every level of his success all kinds of of racism but it's not the kind of racism that would lead you to like understand in your bones that like slavery was not a choice and uh, that like Donald Trump's political sort of mission is a dangerous thing that is going to hurt people and does hurt people. And even just the like optics of it hurts people, even just the implicit 
support of having this person at the sort of helm of the country already does harm to people. Like he's so distanced from that because he's rich that it's just not a thing that he can connect with at all anymore. Uh, yeah. It, I'm not sure if you saw the entire TMZ clip, but like they show that he was in an interview. He said, slavery seems like it was a choice, you know, whatever. And then there's like show like him walking around or like uh, he like stands up in this like big, like pit of cubicles. Uh, and he's just like, I'm speaking my mind. If anybody in this, you know, in this office thinks I'm not speaking my mind, they should say something now. And this other, oh yeah, the the part where the producer stands up at the end. Right? Yeah, this other, I don't know who he was, but this other employee of TMZ, this other young black guy, stands up and just says, it basically says like, no, like you're disconnected, you're rich, you don't know what the heck you're talking about, and you you in your position of power and influence, saying these things hurts us. It hurts people in this country, and like that inner that exchange was very interesting to me because all Kanye said at the end was like, oh, I'm sorry, I hurt you. Like all he heard was like the part that related to him like the part where like yeah, he was yeah. hurtful and then he like you know in his very um, like emotional Kanye way apologized for hurting somebody's feelings but no recognition of like kind of completely missing the boat on this big systemic problem that affects hundreds of millions of people and i think i i think if you look at everything through that lens it does all make sense like you can go so so i did i was talking about how i perceived it as in high school and college and whatever um, if I go and I, I look back at those moments and just look at through the lens of Kanye being selfish, um, again, just to use to use that to say that in a way that like that's not the most detrimental thing in the world, or that's not the most it's just a fact of, thing. a fact of who it's he just, is internally, like not like yeah. A, I think I think sometimes people mean selfish as a way you relate to the outside world, like you hoard all your resources and you're not generous with your friends or whatever. But I think he's selfish in like an internal way, like. It's just... but, if, but if you view it that way and you just see if you see every every action he takes that way, like you this can make sense, right? Like if if the Taylor Swift thing is a per, purely selfish thing, even if the George Bush thing is a purely selfish thing, um, even if even if the the perceived morality or the perceived fight for some sort of justice is purely because this is a thing that benefits Kanye. Um, this can this. It's just that pointed in a different direction, right? Like, yeah. it's so troubling because it's Donald Trump and, like, from my point of view, like, the representation of everything that is wrong in the world right now. Um, but if you, if you shave off the edges of Donald Trump and you just view him purely as a horse that is president, and that means that anybody or anything can be president, and that's all you want, well, then, okay, that's, that's your selfish view of the thing. Um, and maybe everything else previously happened that way. And if, I mean, if, if we're that far gone and, you know, I can even understand what he's trying to say with the slavery comment. Obviously, it's hugely problematic and, like, so insensitive. But, like, if you read his, if you read his tweets on his ongoing t- Twitter stream, like, I get what he's trying to say. Well, what he's, he's saying just having is to phrase he, it in a horrible way. What he's saying is, I, I, here's what it comes down to, and I'm kind of biting this from a... Tanahasi Coates article I just read yesterday, uh, which is called it's in the Atlantic and it's called "I'm Not Black, I'm Kanye." So you can read that if you want. Uh, but it, it, what it really says is like Kanye, what he really wants is to be able to be as selfish as he wants without people criticizing him for it. Because look at how many successful white people are incredibly selfish and never get the same kind and quantity of criticism that Kanye faces. Uh, right. Like in some ways, he is still 
playing the victim of even though he is enormously wealthy and successful, he is still held to an unfair standard. Like it is still true. Uh, you know, if somebody else in a different sort of position said these things, it would just be like another racist white guy going down the street. Uh, but, but because it's Kanye, of course it becomes a whole thing. So I don't know. It's, uh, the thing that I've had to reckon with is that like, as you can hear in this episode, I have like kind of bent over backwards throughout a, lot, a large part of my life to like explain and understand and kind of like rationalize the things Kanye has done. And the, the biggest change this has had for me is that I have to just accept that the times when Kanye politically agreed with me were just coincidences. They were just times where that happened mm-hmm. to be the thing that was floating around his sort of brain and that it's not tied to a consistent philosophy or a consistent morality or a consistent sense of ethics. It's just tied to whatever the flavor of the day was in Kanye's brain. Uh, and now that he happens to be on the other side of the spectrum, it kind of shows that all those other times were just coincidental. Uh, like I, I think the amount of rationalizing I've done about the Taylor Swift thing is far more than he subconsciously or consciously put into it. I think he was just like, Beyonce's video is better. I'm going to go on stage and tell everyone that because I'm wild drunk and I don't care what anyone thinks. Uh, and it wasn't actually, you know, a, a, a an affront to the system and a protest of uh, sort of the in- inherent racism in the award system or whatever. It was just Kanye being Kanye. And it just happens to have coincided with a thing that's marginally important to me. So that's the thing I've had to reckon with. And uh, I really I hope this album's good. I, I want to like it still. I also hope his new album is still good because I, I don't think I'm at the point where I'm not listening to Kanye anymore. Like I, I do think I'm probably going to have to continue to separate and just be like, I don't, I don't believe in the things that he says, but he does make good music. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, maybe we'll get into a, maybe we'll get to a point where I can't do that mental hurdle anymore, but I mean, not that I'm not there with Kanye yet. No, I'm, I'm not. And I'm, I'm there with so few artists because I, I Genuinely, I feel like I can appreciate good art, even if it comes from somebody that's problematic. One of the rare exceptions to that well, is like... Well, I can... I, there are times when like when someone's art is so deeply personal and yeah. you just can't... Yeah, Woody Allen, basically. I mean, yeah, I can watch a Woody Allen movie even, but like, uh, I feel like it's, it gets a little deeper with stand-up comedy where someone's telling you about their life and then they do something super... That's actually really interesting. Super problematic. You know, if, it, if it's a comic doing one-liners, whatever, but if it's a comic telling you stories about their life and then you realize you don't like them on a human level, it's a little bit harder to laugh after that, you know? Yeah, it's like, interesting. There are, there are kinds of art where they get too personal and then they prove to be a monster and you're like, I, 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 I can't watch you anymore. Well, the best thing I can relate that to is I, I as evidenced by all my examples in this show about how I don't actually know anything about music, uh, I mostly listen to podcasts, and I would never, ever listen to a podcast extensively of somebody that had the kinds of opinions that Kanye is currently espousing, if, yeah, only, for, if only for the reason... I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't find it interesting or entertaining. I would be too mad about it. But also, I would feel like I was exposing myself to some ideology that I didn't want to like seep in even very marginally to like parts of my subconscious. Uh, Actually, I've, I, you know, I wasn't even gonna make that connection, but I've had to do that. I've had to do that where it's somebody I've listened to my entire childhood. And then I had to, I had to cut it out because they, they started expressing views. that were just like, this is the worst. I don't, I don't like them as a person anymore. And therefore I can't find them funny or entertaining. Are you talking about Bill Burr? I was going to say Adam Carolla. Oh, uh, like I grew up with yeah. Adam Carolla and love. I didn't as a kid. like, luckily I would have, if I was a kid, but I, he was not part of my, my, Oh yeah. When I was universe like, growing up, 
when I was like 11 and 12, like he was on Loveline with Dr. Drew and I would listen to it every night. And so it just became a part of my life. And then like, I don't know when the, the, the switch happened, but like, I just kept listening to his radio show forever. Uh, and not that long ago, I was just like, this guy is horrible. Like there's no part of this human being that I think is uh, funny or thoughtful or reasonable. Like there's a point where I thought he was saying something new and clever and interesting and he just didn't care about the politics of a situation. He would just say the thing that is honest. And then it came to, it became a thing where uh, I, I think he's making me a worse person by listening and yeah. I'm just getting mad all the time, which is not worth it. There's just no, I don't care how much of uh, how much of your childhood is, is invested. And this person was a character in it. It's not even like, it's not even like a Bill Cosby thing where he did a horrific thing. It's just he, in my eyes, became a bad person, and I don't yeah. want to listen to it. I just can't find a bad person funny and entertaining uh, when it's such a personal show. Yeah, we'll see. The uh, Of the two songs we have so far, I really like the Shoop to Poop song, and I do not like the song with T.I. at all. Not just for the content. I think it's a bad song. Oh, I, no, I totally agree. Uh, also, T.I. is such a bad rapper. Shoop to Poop is super sketchy, whether you think it's a joke or not. Uh, the T.I. song is just... Honestly, it sounds... Remember that song, Accidental Racist, that came out a couple of years ago? No. Uh, oh, you should look this up. It's the worst thing that's ever happened in Why the history of the world. Why would I want to look it up if it was the worst thing that ever happened in the history of the internet? Because it reminds me of this, where it's like a thing that is trying to make a message, and it's just so cringeworthy and painful and off point that you can't... You, ah, you don't even... You can't even give credit for trying. You just wish... That they, that never existed, and it didn't. It was not an artifact in the world. And Ti has no charisma at all. No, he's like T. a dead not good. fish on the mic. God, Ti Ti is not good at. I don't know what, but he. I, there was never a point where I was a Ti fan. No, no. Why Ti? Why Why Ti? You why know, would you, I, of could, all the like, worst part of every Kanye album is. 80% of the feature verses without fail. And the only exceptions well, are, like, are like Nicki Minaj. But sometimes there's a chance, there's a Vic Mensa, there's a Nicki Minaj, there's a, even a Jay-Z verse. Like, I don't care that much about yeah, Jay-Z, but Jay-Z even a verse Jay-Z verse is not, it's a, it's a blemish a on that album. I'm still mad at Common for his horrible, horrible verse on a, a song that, again, I don't know the titles of any songs. But, <clears throat> oh, what's the song he has that verse on? Um... When it's like, do, do, uh, raise them high. Ooh, gosh. Anyway, Commons verse on, uh, on Kanye's, uh, this has gotten late, Matt. We're really getting messed up. Here's what I want to do. I want to shout out real quick just the things that I have been reading and watching because I'm sure I uh, bid a lot of these things. So if you want to listen to more thoughtful versions of all this stuff, uh, I would recommend that I'm not black. I'm Kanye. I'll, uh, uh, article I re- briefly mentioned by Ta-Nehisi Coates, which is very good. I would recommend a recent episode of the podcast End Introducing, where they talked about Kanye West at length and his sort of cultural and political problems these days. Uh, I would also recommend the Charlemagne interview, which, uh, can we talk about how beautifully shot that interview was? It was like... Yeah, it was great. It was like my most... It's really well done. The most beautifully produced interview I have seen in a very long time, uh, in terms of the way it was shot, the way it was edited the way that they let questions hang in the air for a while while you're just looking at Kanye, thinking about how he's going to answer. Uh, it was a very, very good interview. Uh, recommend that deeply. Uh, is there anything I missed that you've been listening to or reading about? Uh, the TMZ thing is worth a watch. Oh, it's yeah, I guess you probably should, yeah. Difficult. 
Uh, and uh, go watch the John Mulaney special if you want to feel better after it all. There you go. All right, Matt. I think we made a podcast.